Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is the parable that Jesus tells, this parable about the five foolish virgins and the five wise virgins. Well, when Heidi was in high school, she was on the gymnastics team, and she had a friend that they would take turns driving to, to and from practice. So one day, um, they get into the parking lot, it's Betty's turn to drive, so Heidi gets in the car with Betty. She kind of looks over, you know, sometimes how you do, and you look over, she notices the gas gauge seems really low. And so she says to Betty, do you think we should stop and get gas? And Betty goes, nah, we're fine. And so they pull out, and they're going, and Heidi's getting a little bit nervous because it's still dipping and dipping and dipping. And sure enough, what happens? Sputters, and it goes off onto the side, and they run out of gas. But luckily, or thankfully, there's a police officer close by. He sees them, and he comes, and he has gas, so he gets the gas and puts it in the car, and they're able to go. Anybody else have that experience where they ran out of gas? It, it, it's something that can happen to us. And I was reminded of that um, today when I got to the parable, because isn't that the same thing that's happening to the five foolish virgins? Because Betty wasn't very wise, was she? she? She knew she needed more, but she thought she was fine. And we think about the five virgins. They thought they were fine. But they were not. And so we're going to look at the parable today, because this parable really is, is a challenge to us about... Are we wise or are we foolish? It's a challenge of are we prepared or are we not? Are we watching or are we not? And so we're going to go over the parable. We'll summarize the parable and think about that and answer the question, are we wise or foolish? But the parable itself is really quite simple. Um, keep in mind the culture of the day is that the bridegroom or the day of the wedding would leave his home and go over to the home of the bride. He'd gather his bride together, and then they'd make a parade back to the groom's house for the party. But when you're going to pick up your bride, are you really worried about timing? No. They're, they're coming back as they're coming through town. Are, are they making a beeline? No. This is a celebration. They're, they're making noise. They're rejoicing. There's clapping. There's joy. Neighbors are coming out. All these things. So they're just kind of meandering through the town. But back at the groom's place, there is a group of family and friends waiting for them. Because once the groom and the bride are back, then the party begins. So in the parable, we have ten women who are part of the contingent that's waiting for the groom to come back with his bride. And we are told that five are wise and five are foolish. And in the parable, it's clear what the foolish, what's the difference between the wise and the foolish. The, the foolish don't bring extra oil, right? The wise do, because the wise understand they don't know when the groom's going to come back. They're not sure when he's going to arrive, but they want to be ready when he does. The foolish think they're all set and are not really concerned. And then when the bridegroom arrives and the party begins, only the wise are part of the celebration. The foolish are left on the outside. And so again, this is a challenge, is it not? Jesus is challenging the hearer, asking if they are ready for eternal life. Because it's very clear. What's, the, what's the, the wedding party? It's eternal life. It's the eternal banquet that never ends. Who is the bridegroom that we're waiting for? It is Christ. And who is it that's waiting? It's you and I. Which camp are you in? The wise or the unwise? 
The traditional understanding of this parable is that that oil represents faith, right? Because what gets you into the wedding banquet? It's faith. It's not your own merits. It's not your own works. It's your faith. And so again, Jesus is speaking to people who are Christians, right? Because at the beginning of the parable, who has oil? They all have oil. He's speaking to Christians. Are you going to be ready when Christ returns? And will you have faith when he returns? Will you tend your faith until he returns? You see, when we hear this parable, we might be thinking, well, this is about those who don't come to church who aren't here, right? Because they're not tending to the faith. You're here. You're tending to your faith, right? But keep in mind who Jesus is speaking this parable to. It, it, it begins way back in chapter 24. The disciples come to Jesus asking him, when are the signs of the end and Jesus then goes on for a long discussion through the rest of chapter 24 and all of chapter 25. He is speaking to the disciples, those who are his followers. Doesn't that tell us that he's speaking to you and to me? That these words are for us to consider our faith? Is our faith ready? Because again, one of the ways to, to ask this question, what Jesus is challenging just before us, is do you treasure your faith? you look at your faith as a wonderful gift of God that you treasure. Think about all the gifts that God gives to us that we take for granted. We are really blessed, are we not, by our Lord? And how many times do we take for granted our spouse, our children, our parents, our friends, our neighbors, our job, whatever it is. It's amazing that our human nature has, uh, has an uh, uh, unbelievable ability to take for granted the gifts that God has given. Can we not also then take for granted our faith? So do you treasure your faith? You know, this is one of the struggles in our life. We can get so busy with family, with life, with uh, the things that we enjoy, with work, um, the demands that the community, our family, the job um, place upon us. We can get so busy with all those things that, that the faith just kind of gets pushed to the side. We just take it for granted. It, it, it's going to be there. We, we, we could so easily take our eyes off of our Lord and his love for us. And yet our Lord gives us a warning. Because this is really a, a stark parable, is it not? Because what happens at the end when the bridegroom comes, what does he do? He shuts the door. There is exclusion. Now, now our society doesn't like to hear that. Our, our society doesn't like to hear the idea that, that, that God is an exclusive God. But he is. Jesus is clearly telling us that. It's clear that there is exclusion. And I think it even gets worse when you hear Jesus' words, right? When, when the, ten, or the five foolish are knocking on the door and they say, let us in, what is it that Jesus says? Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Doesn't that sound harsh? He doesn't know them? Who doesn't the Lord know? The Lord knows all. But this, is, this word know is a relationship word. He doesn't know them as part of his family. He doesn't know them as part of the community. He doesn't know them as ones belonging to him. The bridegroom doesn't acknowledge them because they didn't consider it worthy of their time or effort to be prepared. It was not a concern to them to be ready. They thought everything was just fine. In so doing, they rejected the groom. 
And those who are unwise in spiritual matters, in not tending to their faith, have rejected Christ. That, that, that's clear what our Lord is, is saying. And so, how do we know to be wise? Again, Scripture is clear. We are ready for Christ's return when we have faith. It's faith that, that brings us eternal life. It's faith that trusts that our Lord loves us, died for us, rose for us. It's faith that trusts that Christ died for the world. But it's faith that, that you trust that the Lord died for you. It's faith that you trust the Lord that he has forgiven your sins. That in his resurrection he has promised you eternal life. It's faith in trusting that the Lord loves you and desires you and wants you part of his family and his community. It's faith that receives the wonderful blessings of baptism. That you recognize that you belong to him and, and that he loves you and he desires to be with you forever. It is faith that makes you wise. And so the parable is a reminder that we are to rely upon Him, to place our trust in Him. Because we realize we are wise when we tend to our faith, we treasure our faith, when we hear again and again how much He has done for us and how much He loves us. To treasure our faith is to tend it, to guard it, to protect it. To turn it away from those things in the world that would pull us away from him. To, to focus our eyes on him and, and to ignore those things that would pull us away. To tend it is to realize when we have failed to come back to him. And to know that he is always there. He always receives us. We tend it when we're in his word. We tend, we're tending it today when we hear what he has done. Because when we tend the faith, it's not our work. It's God's work. Our Lord prepares us. He prepares you for eternal life. He builds up your faith. He comes to you. He died. He rose. He calls you by name. And He promises to keep you in faith. To be at work through His word and sacrament. To, to help you to cling to Him now and forever. I mentioned that Betty dropped... Uh, they, they drove away from the police officer and Heidi's first words to Betty were so we're going to go to the gas station and Betty said no we're fine and so, <laughs> so she turns and takes Heidi home she leaves Heidi remember she has another errand that she's supposed to do stops there and you guessed it she's on the way home and the car sputters and stops and pulls over she's run out of gas but thankfully, there's a police officer close by who comes up, the very same one who helped her earlier in the evening. He gives her gas and says, that's the last time. What I love about that story is a reminder of how foolish we can be, but how gracious others can. How foolish we can be, but how gracious God is. And he continues to be gracious. He continues to love us. He continues to guard us. He continues to build up our faith because his desire is to be with you now and his desire is to have you with him forever. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guide our hearts and minds to true faith, life everlasting. Amen.